a graphic designer from New York, New York, on episode 32 of Go for Gaijin. Bobby and the Bandits are coming up later with one of their new hits, but first, my first guest is a noted graphic designer specializing in wayfinding and signage systems whose work can be seen and experienced at enormous event spaces like MetLife Stadium in the home of the New York Mets. Last place in the NL East. Uh, I mean, their stadium, of course, City Field. Born and raised in Brooklyn, he is also a pizza enthusiast who has written for the Huffington Post about the dying breed of New York City's neighborhood pizza joints and the people who work and inhabit them. Along with four other friends, he has created a coffee table book of photography and anecdotes about those pizzerias which was featured in the Village Voice and raised over 25 large on Kickstarter. He's also the first guest who I know from home to ever appear on the podcast live from my Osaka apartment, another rare first. If you're listening out there in podcast land, and and, (laughs) let's be realistic, if, (laughs) if you are listening, if you can, please go do something. Okay, go do anything other than listening to this neurotic, bigoted drivel. But if you're out there, avoid awkward eye contact with a homeless person for my friend, the very talented Corey Mintz. How are you, sir? Hello. Konbawa. Wow, it is so cool. Arigato. Yeah, it is so cool to have you in studio. Thank you for having me. But first off, how long have you been in Japan now? And by the way, special guest Adam Rubin is over here. Adam, you can just kind of pipe in whenever you want. Feel free. We actually have the Japanese television in my apartment playing right now. It's playing, uh, of course, I don't pay for cable because I'm cheap in Japan also. But um, who's got an Adam? You got a rim shot for me, somebody? But um, this is the first time I've ever had anybody else here while I'm doing this. So I'm just really excited to be able to... Oh, there you go. Hanshin Tigers. Win, 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 win. No, man. How are you? How are you doing, I'm though? Good. I'm good. I'm good. But so for for the listeners' information, Adam purchased a toy samurai sword a couple days ago. Corey is now holding some Hanshin Tigers bats, and we are live in my apartment. Huge fan. Um, Corey. Yeah. Let's so talk what? Talk. Let's talk about the New York Pizza Project, right, man. What right. What exactly spurred you onto this? I mean, like, why did you guys? It's you and a couple of your buddies, like. When's it going to be done? Like, you know, people, a lot of Kickstarter supporters out there need to know. So basically it started, what, about two two years ago with a few buddies. Uh, came up with the idea of trying to document these cultural institutions, which we call New York City Pizza Parlors, because they are timeless and they embody basically the entire culture of New York. Pizza is New York. We say it's the soul of the city when it comes to food. And so we, we started that. It's going to be it's going to be finished and printed by April. And there's so many large businesses that are taking over New York. People talk a lot about sort of the gentrification of New York and you're you're somebody who grew up in Brooklyn. So do you really feel like So here's a story. We went to Johnny's Pizzeria in uh, Sunset Park. Yeah. And so basically this is a, a pizzeria that was open and in the in the 70s by Johnny, um, an old man, and uh, recently uh, a Papa John's moved right next door, next to this mom and pop place. Really? And the the old the owner uh, was on his pretty much on his deathbed, and uh, Papa John's had not opened in, but his son basically did not want to tell him the news that Papa John's was opening next to uh, his. 
place that he basically built because he thought that the news would kill him. Jesus. What's your take? What's your take on Papa John's? Let, what, let, hold on. Let's talk first off. Let's talk about what makes great pizza great pizza, and then let's talk about why Papa John's and Domino's and these other places are not that. I personally eat a lot of pizza and I say it's thin crust, not a lot of cheese and good tomato sauce. It's very the key ingredients is very simple. It's just dough, cheese, and tomato sauce. You don't like to get all frou-frou with whatever Some people the like to, they like to put their, their onion. Are you a pizza purist who like gets upset about pineapples and I stuff like that? I get angry at people who don't fold their pizza. Anyone okay. who cuts it with you a are knife and a fork needs to go back to Des Moines or wherever <laughs> the hell they they put their Elio's wow. pizza that they get. Wow, that's, that's Mama Sparrow's, yeah. That's entirely uh, understandable. Adam, you lived in Chicago for several years. What do, what do you think about Chicago pizza? Love Chicago. Don't don't particularly like the pizza there. I think it's delicious. I just don't think I'd call it pizza. It's like pizza casserole. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you, and you have to be. I'm pretty sure you have to be at least a hundred pounds overweight to order in a Chicago pizzeria. Is it's that not, correct? Or? The slice of pizza <laughs> is so much more mobile and like spur of the moment. Right. You grab it, you eat right. It. Right. That's part of it's it. Perfectly made, tailor made for New York City yeah, in many you ways. Walk around and eat it while you're walking. Yeah. You could have it before dinner and not ruin your. Another thing that people transitioning Dude, from. This sumo looks just like Andy Richter, right? There's a TV. We're over. watching a television program about a sumo wrestler. Do you agree he that he looks like Andy Richter? He does. He does. He, he kind of looks like <laughs> Japanese sumo wrestling Andy Richter is on our television right now. Oh, we're talking about a Hanshit Tigers pitcher and an old man just bowed. Yeah, it's impossible to convey how strange what's happening on the television is. Adam, please do try for our listeners at home. It's, it's an exercise. Should we turn the audio of the television on? It's just too too much too fast. It's really bizarre. Everything in Japan is disorienting and alien. Look at those suits, though. That's pretty (laughs) Japanese businessman like, right? The guys look. The guys look good for sure. The Yankees. They're pivoting to talking about the Yankees now. Suddenly, is that Makun? Is that Masahiro Tanaka? That's Masahiro Tanaka. Makun. If Makun's on the television, we gotta go to sound, folks. Excuse me. We're breaking into live news. I think that's you, Darvish, too. Shit, I think you're right. Probably two of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Have you ever considered making a podcast? that never ended, Corey. I think that would be that would be a Japanese television show. I would say just a man locked up in his apartment doing a podcast for a year straight and being served ramen through a small window hole. Corey, that's a wonderful transition to ramen because I think ramen and pizza are similar in that people love them in such a meaningful way. And there's so much complexity there, but also at its basic level, it's just something so... But ramen's also not very complicated, right? We're back with WBNA Superstation Kentucky. Bobby and the Bandits coming up later, but stick with us. First, we still got Cora Mans in studio. Special guest at number What did you like about the bowl of ramen we ate today? I took you guys to this place right by my office. We had a, a pretty good bowl of ramen. What did you guys think about that? It was good. It, it was delicious. I still can't get over the eggs. Yeah. The egg Talk about the eggs in Japan, guys. Talk to those eggs. <laughs> <laughs> what do they do? The eggs are, are a brilliant orange color. The yolks are very orange, and the, the white of the egg is a little bit more of a beige color. It's just richer, browner. Everything about it is so rich. It's so delicious. 
Uh, eggs here. That was previous Whoa. podcast guest Adam Rubin. I'm really having fun to trying to do the radio voice. Just keep, keep it keep going. It, keep it going on WBAY. If you're still listening yet again, we encourage you to go outside. There's a brave world for you to discover. What would you say would be that one moment of your saying, I have arrived to Japan? That's a great question. I think it was Shibuya Crossing when we... We're in the crowd crossing from one sidewalk to another. With for you, the, that was where it was for you? The stat is 3,000 people walk across Shibuya Crossing at one time. I don't know. For me, it was that ramen place. Oh, the sliding through yeah. the window in order to... Right. No interaction, no human interaction whatsoever. But yeah. he did bow at the end of his meal, which I think is very, to me, the pride of Japanese their jobs. is they, When they're done or when they fulfill a task of doing something, they bow in pride. Right? Right, that's correct. I have no idea what's actually correct about Japanese culture at all. If you've been listening to this podcast at home, of course you guys know that I am willfully, in many ways willfully ignorant, but also just generally ignorant. Every white guy I see here is so creepy. They all look like pedophiles. They all they're <laughs> all just here to, to like... Just are you just talking about me, or are we? I just want to clarify. I mean, we don't see. It's it's incredible how homogenous the culture. There, you don't see white people. You just don't see any other white people. I don't know that we ever saw any today. We were out all day in Osaka. I don't know if we saw any other white people. No, we did. We saw one. We saw one guy today. So not this guy. So 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 so. Why don't you guys try and do an impression of me talking about Japanese and speaking Japanese is. It, it's amazing. It's like if you it's like if you you transform into this cartoon character. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. It's quite impressive. I have yes. It's uh, I don't think they believe. By I, I don't think they believe it. Well, it's like it, you are putting on a character. Well, when you, when you when you respond to these questions, you interact with people. Voice you are, changes, face changes. Oh, we laugh because we were like, "You're like, what the fuck is he yeah. doing?" And yeah. then they're like, "Oh, this is one funny gaijin." Yeah, they people love Eric here. I it's, do very well here. It's amazing to watch how much joy everybody gets from interacting with it. First, they're confused and afraid, and then they become but, so happy. But then you see other people who they're sort of doing their own thing, and then you come in, and then they're sort of like put their ear up and then they yeah. start laughing too and yes. then they become part of the conversation and, and they're involved. True. It, it, right. It's a, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't met more people here. Just I guess your, your Japanese is so much stronger now. Adam, my what? Japanese, you've, you've heard my Japanese. You've seen how many times I'll like just not have a word or I whatever the fuck. Like, okay. you know, I'm trying my hardest. Right. For the record, that woman in the department store said you had a uh, great you were really great speaking Japanese, and you were an interesting man. That's right. She said that, that is true. She was also trying to sell us more sake, even though she, she didn't even, work there. She was a customer. She didn't work there, but it was like, she why made, was she? She, made some sort she of was. Cut. There was Did some you see her signing checks. They were. Yeah, they, they were, were giving her. They were making it yeah. rain for her. They were making it rain in one yen coins. Let's talk about one yen coins, guys. How do you feel about the Japanese they're, equivalent of the penny? They're they are very uh, flimsy coins. They're like tinfoil. They feel like tinfoil. Yeah, we can talk yes. more about creepy white people I mean, other than me. Like, every dude that we see has sort of a shitty beard. And... <laughs> Are you describing me? For no, real? No, but they must also have other guys. They must have a fetish also for Japanese schoolgirls because yes. it's everywhere. I mean, yes. I... I've... Well, so a friend of mine told a friend of mine told me that here they, they sort of like, in, a, in the United States at least, I won't pretend to speak about other like Western cultures, but in the United States, we sexualize like college 
college age for a girl. Yeah, so like true. freshmen, babes, what what right, g- right, girls right. uh girls gone wild, you know. But here they sexualize high school girls. Mm. Is that why they have see, You just out. made a Japanese oh noise. Ladies and gentlemen, oh our first oh recorded oh gaijin. Wait, wait, that's one of those times where you said Remember you said, oh, it's I uh, have these little epiphanies where you figure one thing out about the culture? Yeah, what did you figure out? Today I had one of those. Oh, let's hear. So they have these amazing vending machines for beverages here where you can just touch your wallet. You can touch your subway pass to it or wave it in front of it and you get different drinks. I don't know what any of them are. But some of them are hot when they come out of the machine. And it sounds so dumb, but today I today I first figured out that there's a red background between all, behind all the drinks that you get they come out hot from the machine uh okay here that's we go that's good radio right there wqh 41 cincinnati i've got a story should we tell the story about the australian <laughs> the australian guys who wanted to yes, get date raped we met two impression. australian men on the subway who asked us if they knew where to find nigerian men because they wanted to be roofied they, I believe, I think they specifically said, do you know where we can find black people? Like, specifically find black people so that they can be date raped. Yeah, who who, who was this? Two Australian spiked. guys, yeah, spiked, getting spiked. Two Australian teenagers on the train who were going to like, Rapungi. Spiked? Oh, we're going to get spiked. It's like, <laughs> oh, they, they, we heard that they spike you and then they try to take all your money. Well, the joke's on them because we don't have any money on us. I was like, what are you fucking nuts? You're going to go get kidnapped and be like, ha ha, we don't have any money There's on no us. crime in this country, Adam. You have nothing to I, fear here. Adam, I'm Vin Diesel in this country. Like, moms are afraid of me. They look at me and they are frightened of me in this old country. Old women are afraid of you? Old women especially. Well, I did have, I, you know, I had to shut a couple of them up in the neighborhood. <laughs> There's a senior center not too far from here. Wait. One of them was getting a little lippy. I, I said, excuse me, Tuckalomi. Taka blow me, all right? I don't need to talk to you. I don't want to talk to your fucking ex-husband because he's in a coffin. Can we talk about your mounting rage for the Japanese people? <laughs> yeah. I don't or... think that's something we can, <laughs> can talk, we talk about. talk about that on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> I have an abundance of love for the Japanese people, for their customs, for their traditions, for everything that they do that, that makes them them. But I am a loud, obnoxious American, and sometimes if I drink too much... I say dumb things, and then I get upset when they don't respond to me with anything other than like a awkward "what's happening to me" sort of thing. Can I ask you a question. Though? Yes. This is this is dancing line, maybe, but is it racist to imitate the Japanese? Because we are here, like this is legitimately. We're listening to tons and tons of Japanese people talk. We are imitating the way they talk. It feels super racist, but it is really the way they talk. Like, in fact, you're actually speaking Japanese. It just sounds so funny coming out of Westerner. Right. I mean, the, the entire vocal palette, like what the, the linguistic sort of area of the mouth where their sounds come from is very different from our sound structure. I honestly just tried, I tried to imitate, like I, I'm a, I guess I'm a sponge. I just was so desperate to assimilate in this country in any sense of purpose, anything that could feel remotely like I felt like I belonged here. And I just started impersonating them. And it seems to work, honestly. It's working. It's, it's, working. It's, definitely is working. it's definitely working in our eyes. A couple nights ago. 
We went to an izakaya. Adam, that was last night. That was literally. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Woo! It's been a long trip so far. Say, is it, is it April? I seriously. Number nine. Number nine. Good luck finding. Don't you think this would this go episode. well with that? Here. All right. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait. I want to. I wanted to. I want to just. We're gonna. We're gonna probably have to close this podcast up because obviously we need to get drunk pretty soon because we have alcohol dependency yeah, so issues. Let's walk into this. Is first of all, we went to nine different places. These are all places Eric really loves, and has obviously been before because every time he walks into a place, they all go Erico, and they everybody starts to get excited. It's amazing. And they're also happy to see him. We go to this one place. Erico, Erico. There's two little puppies like in a little basket. The, the family that owns the place is their their dogs are there with them and there's a big Japanese family at a far table it's not a big place and they're singing Japanese songs on a karaoke machine on a TV the owner asks Eric if he want if he would please sing this one particular song right oh that's interesting Adam well I just took three beers out of the fridge we're about to head out for maybe a drink maybe a quick bite who knows but um Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Let's do a cheers on this one. This is Yona Yona Ale. Karu Izawa Nagano. Nagano no Jibiru. Nagano's craft beer desu. We've flown literally yeah. halfway around the globe. Across the globe. To share a drink with this man mm. and watch him make fun of Japanese people to their face. <laughs> Corey, thank you Don't so fly. much for thank coming you. on the podcast. Adam son, thank you for being a repeat guest on the podcast. To anybody out there listening, again, the there are a lot of phone numbers that you can call that if you need to talk to somebody because you should not be listening to this Just piece of for shit. Context, there is a there's on help the is on the way right for now, you. There's a green hedgehog. <laughs> wow. See, this is the television <laughs> that I wanted to see. And there's a bunch of women with beard, fake wow. beards, dancing with him on the streets of Tokyo, and that pretty much sums it up. This is their humor, though, right? It's just very... By there, what do you mean? Japanese natives or Osakans or... I just know. I just love saying, like, drilling down on specific details of any type of racial or ethnic description because then people are like, no, it's, um, well, of course, the Japanese are a proud people. Uh, anyways, arigato gozaimashita to everyone for listening to Adam-san, to Kori-san for appearing on the podcast. Arigato gozaimashita to all of you desperate, pathetic, lonely, just losers. Please, go do something other than listen to this. And everybody out there, one, two, three, sayonara.